hey, hey, Rabbi, I miss you, brother. How you doing out there? You're, you're like 20 miles, 15 miles. I don't know, maybe you're five miles from me, but you know, uh, I miss seeing you every day in the studio. Are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm trying to, I think during this time of COVID-19, I, I have to say, I have to say, I think my, my prayer practice has gotten better. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe because I have more of an excuse to do it now with the baby, wake up earlier um, with the kiddo and do some prayer with him. So I, I feel good about that part of my spiritual practice has actually gotten a little bit better and it's given me some peace and calm. Um, and so I thought that maybe today we can talk about overall, like just what, what are our spiritual practices like during this, this time of COVID? Has, has, it, has it led us all to, to deepen our spiritual practice? Has it pushed us away? What kind of questions have we asked? Um, you know, what kind of effect has it had on us and all spiritually? You know? And, yeah. uh, you know, we can reflect on that from, you know, from your congregation. And I know this dude, there's a dude out there. His name is uh, Father Marcus Haley. Um, on Connecticut, and he's a big guy on uh, something called spiritual formation. So this idea of like how do how do we continue to like, form ourselves spiritually? I'm just curious to see what he thinks. If mm -hmm. if if we've gotten worse or better at spending time with God now that we're all locked up in our homes, you know, what do you think? Do you think do you think people have gotten worse or better? Um, I I think it's different. I think I think with having the time and the space. Um, and with proper intention and proper devotion, I think um, one can develop a, a stronger and deeper relationship. Well, we're going to get into it today with Father Marcus Haley. You might have uh, seen him on Twitter or heard or watched or whatever. I don't know. He's on Twitter. He's got a lot of followers. Um, but that's not really why we have him here. He's an extremely well-spoken, devoted uh, follower of God. And we're just happy to have him on the show to speak about spiritual formation during the time of COVID. So enjoy this podcast. Please like and share it with those. Um, we have a comment that really helps with the analytics of it. Um, and if you want to be a sponsor of the show and offer about $1.5 million for uh the rabbi and I to build our own studio and Evan nine will be our producer. You can do that too. So just email us at your favorite Christian at gmail.com. And uh, we'll put the one and a half million dollars or maybe even a dollar uh, to work to keep the show going. All right. God bless you. And uh, let's get into the show. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. My co-host, my brother, my rabbi. How are you, man? What's going on? It is, it is wonderful to hear you this morning. Dude, yeah, I, I miss being in the studio and being able to razz you that way and, um, you know, make fun of your outfits and you make fun of my hair. But, yeah, uh, but hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully by 2021, we'll be able to see each other. I think so. I think so. Yeah, we're looking to start opening up the church around 2024. We figure at that time, you know, we'll be pretty be safe. There'll be a vaccine. Yeah, by we're, so we'll be super safe. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a wild time for, for our houses of worship as we now are moving into this phase of what the heck does reentry look like? And, you know, you just don't open the doors. I mean, there's just so many complex layers that you have to look at. Everything from liability, you know, from a, from a liability standpoint, um, to just handling all the different emotional viewpoints that people have about going in, about being together. You know, you have one side where people want you to have hazmat suits. Um, and then you have the other side where they think it's a hoax. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but we're balancing both. So it's a, um, you know, it's, it's a community of faith. It is a different way we approach it. And I think for us is the slower you go, the faster you'll get there. I don't know about y'all, but culture is not helping us right now because the rest of the community, at least here in Southeast Florida, is just like, open the doors. Let's go out and party. <laughs> so how are you doing, buddy? You doing okay during this time of, uh, you know? This this stage we're in with COVID nineteen, you know, it's 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 it's, it's uh, as we as we talked before, you know, it is something. It is a learning process for me. I mean, I not that I'm the world's leading expert now on Zoom, um, but it, it it's something that I'm getting a little bit more familiar with and a little bit more comfortable with. And um, you know, the ability, you know, we do, we do a lunch and learn series. Pre COVID, we did a lunch and learn series once a month. And um, since the pandemic, we've decided, I've decided I'm going to do it every, every week. Um, and part of it is, is, you know, we engage in learning, we engage in discussion, but a large part of it is, I think, what everyone uh, in our area is craving, which is companionship, communication, something. You know, and I, and I started thinking about this the other day. Somebody had said the same thing. They said, you know, are, are, how are how you doing? And, you know, nine times out of ten in, in our culture, we want uh, that platitude that just says I'm fine. Um, so I, I, I did the non-platitude and said, well, let me tell you how I'm really. <laughs> I kind of went into it. And, and I thought to myself, and I remember saying this to somebody the other day too, the last time I embraced somebody that was not my family mm. was months ago. Yeah, That's a tough thing to, to acknowledge that the last time I put a hand on a grieving, a grieving person's shoulder, mm -hmm. it was like 12 weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And how our culture and how our society has changed. But I think um, the, the long-winded um, answer to it is, uh, you know, so we do this lunch and learn series every week, but part of it is learning. The other part is just the ability just to see people and to communicate. Right. How are you? You know, it's, as the days and weeks blend into one another, it is becoming increasingly more challenging. But I think the um, the ability to create out of the box experiences that perhaps are not conventional uh, have been really eye opening, at least for me. Right. Yeah. There's uh, there's you know today on today's show on today's show we want to be talking about what have we learned and what are we learning. Uh, spiritually during this time of COVID-19. And so I think you and I would both agree that God is always up to something, no matter what. I think our traditions teach us that from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, and no matter what desert you're walking in, God is, is, is erupting something in our hearts to really show us um, some, some great truths. And, but we do know that this doesn't just fall in our lap, right? Um, and they, they, God doesn't just say, here you go, here's the truth. And now everything's, everything's changed. That, there, there's some work that needs to be done. There's discipline that needs to happen in order for us to kind of stay sane and grounded. And COVID-19 during this time of sheltering 
has given us opportunities to either kind of retreat away from God if we want and try to get a little lethargic in our spiritual practice and maybe go into some some other places of our mind and our heart, which may not be that healthy. Or um, it has, for some of us, said this is an awesome opportunity to take all this confusion and all this concern, but also all this isolation uh, to find a new relationship with God. Uh, and so you and I can talk about this to our blue in the face, but you know, people have heard a lot from us. So, you know, we, we, we knocked on some doors out there and, and, and someone actually opened up um, and, and we knocked on, you know, Reverend Marcus Haley's door. Uh, he's, he's out in Connecticut. He's the Dean of formation out there. So uh, he's a pro when it comes to this idea of what does it look like to be, to be formed spiritually and his focus out in Connecticut is that he also works a lot with, uh, with young church leaders um, or new church leaders who are learning what it's like also to do church in the 21st century, which also means that sometimes you're doing it on half the time or a quarter time because that's what a church can afford. So he, he has a, a good palette of, of, of tools and skills and ability of how to like kind of help people be informed. So we're going to bring him on the show. Actually, I think he's knocking on the Zoom door right now. Reverend Marcus Haley, are you there, my brother? I am here. Good morning. Oh, good morning. It's good to hear your voice, my, my, my friend. And are you uh, sheltered and doing well in Connecticut? Because I know your circumstances out there are very different than they are here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we've been hit kind of hard up here, uh, but I'm sheltered and well. And, and thank God for you know, another opportunity to, to share you know, what I have to share with you all. To give you all a, a, <laughs> a, some background on if you're listening here in Florida, you know, when Marcus, Marcus, Father Marcus's background with his congregation he's serving is that I think during our pre-production time together, Father, you said that you had two losses or three losses just in your congregation alone. Yeah, yeah. We so we've had uh, three COVID nineteen related deaths uh, within our congregation, and then a few kind of connected to us, but not in our congregations. And our congregation is not that large, so that's kind of hit us kind of hard up here. Yeah, I can imagine from a just from a community standpoint, I think anytime you lose someone, especially in a community that's that tight and that size, uh, it's 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 riveting. But now also with throw the COVID nineteen on part of it, that that must have been challenging. Yeah. Sort of as a pastor, of not only pastoring to the family that experienced the loss, but also to the rest of the community that know that they, you guys lost one of your own uh, yeah. to this pandemic. Well, and I, I re resonated deeply with Rabbi Durbin when he was talking about, you know, it's it's hard, especially because the things that we're taught to do as pastors, we can't do right now. Um, so it's hard to pastor people and to walk with people when you can't hug them, you can't, you know, give a, a pastoral touch, you can't do any of those things. And so we're we're really limited in how we can how we can support people during this time. So it's hard in that way. Today we want to dig into just how you have approached that complexity, uh, especially since you're, you're a dean of formation. Uh, and just let's go to USC, just let's, let's put your pastor hat on right mm -hmm. now. Um, how have you been able to, since you've had to deal with some pretty, some, some, some steep loss, how have you found ways of just being an effective pastor with mm -hmm. the limitations that have been given to you by, um, by our, current, our current circumstances? One of the things I think I've discovered is the value of honesty. Um, and so, you know, in lieu of being able to sort of be present with people as they're dying or as they're mourning the death of a loved one, 
it's really a, about being present with my own emotions and, and letting people know how I feel and sharing those feelings with them, letting them know that I'm, I'm sad that I can't be with them, um, reaching out to them via, you know, writing cards, right? It's, it, so it's funny that one of the things that we talk about in church a lot tends to be, you know, the future of the church is all online and it's all digital. Uh, but, you know, in this time of, of, uh, of COVID-19, of isolation, I'm also finding the spirituality of like analog connection with people and, and what it means to, to write notes and write letters to people uh, to kind of resurrect that bit of, of connection that way. Yeah, there's, we had um, Father Tim uh, Skank on last mm -hmm. week and he talked about, which uh, I, I stole immediately, he talked about how he's having the Sunday school kids write letters Yes, to those who are most isolated, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a double a double whammy of love is that mm -hmm. you're getting a letter, and then you're also getting it from one of our Sunday schoolers. So if you're like isolated, and you're really just missing some affection and love mm -hmm. to get something from randomly, just to get it yeah. from one of the kids, right. um, is is it's because it's a lost art form, right? Just writing right. a letter is a lost right. art form. So yeah. it's so much more powerful now to do it. Um, yeah. So I mean, today we want to pick your brain a bit of of what the challenges and opportunities for spiritual formation that this pandemic has offered us. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's just start first with um, what have you seen from, from a, from a spiritual formation standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, how folks have like maybe. So can we, sorry, just to, 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 to break it up a little bit um, just, just for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with the terminology of spiritual formation. You're so right, Rabbi. Thank you for. <laughs> I slipped into Christianese. I, I slipped into <laughs> religious knees talk. It's just three of us clerics sitting around. Thank you. So, so. Uh, also, I, just the, the understanding that when we talk spirituality and even with spiritual formation, are we always are we always bringing God into it, or is there the understanding that with spirituality that we can that we can experience the world with or without God? Does God need to be part of the spiritual formation? Well, can I ask you that question, Rabbi? To flip it back to me? Oh yeah, why not? So, you know, look, I, I, I think, I, 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 think, I think both Reverend Anderson and um, Reverend Haley both speak on the formation side, uh, not too familiar with it. Um, on a spiritual side, the spirituality, I think it is the encounter of uh, soul searching within ourselves to recognize things that we as individuals bring um, with the close connection to God. I think God has to be part of spirituality. I don't think you can teach spirituality. I think you can give spiritual or experience or encounter spiritual moments. So just, mm -hmm. just to break out a little bit of, of spiritual formation is it the forming of that connection with god on an internal and personal basis yeah i have some thoughts but let me let me hand it off to marcus what do you think yeah so when i when i think of sort of spiritual formation i think of um one of the letters uh, in the new testament so this is really coming at it from a, a christian standpoint that for for christians what, what spiritual formation looks like is it looks like being formed more and more after the image of christ um, and so, and that, and what that looks like is actually becoming more and more human, uh, being more and more human as God intended us to be. 
Um, and so spiritual formation really is about rehumanizing ourselves um, in a, in a so, it's, so it's less about like sitting in a classroom and learning facts about like faith and prayer uh, and more about what does it mean to be truly fundamentally wonderfully human within God's creation. Right, yeah, because I would say that where were these, it would get back to Genesis 1 with this idea that we are made in God's image. So that mm -hmm. is the truth, mm -hmm. right? The, God says we're made in his image, which is such a powerful mind-bending truth that it's so hard oh, sure. for us to say, oh, that makes sense. So how, so for me, spiritual formation is the process of revealing that amidst all my crap that I got going on in my life. How do I re truly reveal that I'm an image bearer of God, that I'm made in his image? Uh, despite all of this mess that I seem to produce all the time. And, mm -hmm. and so the formation part and the discipline part is giving me a structure to lean into that truth of being an image bearer of God, as opposed to the whatever stuff that Christian Anderson likes to do or gets tempered, you know, just our normal human instincts. But I, mm -hmm. I like Father Marcus, you, you mentioned rehumanizing because it, so often in religion, we hear this thing, or at least from the Christian context, this idea between flesh and spirit and flesh is so bad, right? And, and there's definitely scripture to show that's not really how at least scripture is talking about that the body's bad and the spirit's good. And you're saying, no, we, it's being human beings is good. God made us as human beings. He gave us these temples, these body temples. And how do we use it to so to really truly step into what God had in store for us as, as human beings? Uh, well, right, we're right. And this, I, this understanding that faith really isn't about removing us from this world, that God loves this world very deeply and, and cares very deeply about the, the well-being of this world. And so being connected to God in that way is then to care very deeply for the world uh, and to live out that care by rehumanizing ourselves, by, by discovering what does it mean to be truly human within God's good creation um, and, and working with God that way. So this is so 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 Rabbi, what do you think about that for for just a quick and dirty explanation of spiritual formation? It's a process of rehumanizing ourselves through the image of God. I mean, it 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 in in in, in theory, it sounds um, it sounds it sounds it sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. In practicality, I think that there are. I mean, there must be steps and stages that we go through um, of, of, of accepting or rejecting and soul searching and trying to really dig deep on a personal level to make those, you know, important connections. Yeah. Oh, man. Was that a softball just tossed right at Father Haley or what? <laughs> When you have some, 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 some folks who come to you, and I'm sure this happens because you have a huge outreach. So let me preface this by saying that, you know, Father Haley is, is a force on Twitter. Now he's taken a step back recently, which we're going to get into uh, in the show. But Father Haley is, I think it's word made fresh. Is yes, it? word underscore made underscore fresh on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of a big deal on Twitter, but he's also a big deal who doesn't like want the big dealness. He's, he stepped back. And said, you know what? I, I think there's some. I need to get some new perspective and mm -hmm. some good healthy practices going on in my own life because, as we all know, Twitter can turn into a complete uh, garbage show, um, mm -hmm. and because everyone has a mic. So, mm -hmm. so Father Haley, you. I said all that just to say you. You were in connection with a lot of different folks and a lot of different steps in their own spiritual mm -hmm. walk. 
Mm-hmm. And if when you when you encounter someone, whether they're in your church community or just out there uh, on the interwebs, who says, you know, Father, yeah, yeah, you're a cool dude. I like you, but I, I have no relationship with God. I have some curiosity to start. I don't even know where to start. What do I do? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. So to to answer that, I'll I'll tell a story. Uh, so when I was before I was in Connecticut, I was serving as a as a priest in Minnesota. Um, and one Sunday morning, a woman walks into our church. She had met, um, uh, at that time, we had a, a, a woman who was a deacon who was uh, becoming a priest really soon. Um, and so she was walking to church in a collar. This woman who walked into our church saw her, had never seen a woman in a collar before, um, asked her questions. Long story short, she winds up in church. She had been born and baptized a Roman Catholic, but then had never set foot in a church again in her life. For many, so for 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 all intents and purposes, she was kind of a new uh, a, a neophyte, a new convert in many ways. Um, and she had so many questions. Uh, and as a person who's you know been a Christian most of my life, I was baptized when I was eight. You know, I've been in this for most of my life. I'm 34 now. To encounter someone with so many questions uh, was a joy because I got to see things I had taken for granted through the lens of newness. Um, And so what I would tell people is to have that curiosity and to to be aware that, you know, asking questions and wrestling with these deep questions isn't antithetical to faith. Uh, That real faith, real deep faith is inquisitive. one of the things that we say uh, when we baptize folks in the Episcopal Church is we ask God to give them an inquiring and discerning heart. And I love that phrase, right? That, that, that we ask God to, to allow them never to be satisfied with easy answers, but to really dig deep into the life of faith. And so if someone were to come to me and ask, you know, where do I start? I would say you've already started by asking that question. Mm-hmm. Um, that the fact that you're asking the question is sort of an entry ramp into a relationship with God. And then, but then we, as we, as we were saying before then, how, how do you kind of ease them into this, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a, let's say it a structure or mm-hmm. a rhythm or a mm-hmm. discipline? Yeah. What, 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 it, what, do you begin that right away in that conversation or do you just keep the conversation going with that person and then eventually say, all right, so let's talk about prayer or mm-hmm let's talk about some kind of structure, some kind of mm-hmm. discipline that you need, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I've discovered about, about uh, folks who are a new convert or someone who is uh, a, a sort of a, a seeker in a, new, in a new community is they're willing to try things on. They're willing to try it out, right? Um, and so I would, I would point people to, here are some practices you might try. Um, and one of the things that you, you know, we all talked about um, is the idea of starting with prayer, that when it comes to prayer, um, there's a way that people can kind of get uh, trapped into a, a model of prayer that will become unsatisfying pretty quickly. And the mod- that model of prayer is thinking of prayer as I ask God for something, uh, God doesn't give it to me, and therefore I become angry with God and I walk away from God. Um, but I think a way that we can teach prayer in a more holistic standpoint is actually by opening the Bible and looking at the Psalms um, and praying through the Psalms. Um, so, if, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're an Episcopalian, you have the Book of Common Prayer, there's a 30 day Psalm cycle. Um, if you're not an Episcopalian and you, you know, don't have any idea what a Psalm cycle is, um, you can go to any, you know, website or whatever and find the Psalms and read a Psalm a day and allow those words of the Psalm 
to kind of be your prayer that day um, because the Psalms contain all kinds of prayer, right? Not only prayer of intercession, uh, of asking God for something, but a prayer of oblation, offering yourself to God, a prayer of adoration, just pray, you know, praising God for you know who God is. All those things and more are wrapped up in the Psalms. So I think starting with a discipline of of, of praying the Psalms, I think, is a way to, to start there. And when someone says, "Well, Father Haley, you know these," I don't get half these references in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. You're talking about there's there's some lands being talked some cities being talked about they there's names of people i i don't i don't get it what when, when the bible starts speaking bibleese um, <laughs> what, what what's what's your what's your offering to to them when they're reading through that especially if this is something that's brand new yeah and it happens to all of us right i think to yeah. Any, you know. yeah for someone who uh is brand new what i would say to them is there's one or two routes we can take there right we can either start with the if you really want to know, let's have a conversation. Let's learn some more about the context of the Psalms of, of that worldview. Um, but if that's not the route you want to go, then I would say, um, you know, it, for, for now, set those words aside and really focus on the words that really speak to you um, in the Psalms. You know, focus on the phrases and the images that really speak to you and, and, and capture your imagination and start there. Mm. So you're introducing this idea of that the, the Psalm evokes something inside of us a and can be a catalyst um for us to to deepen our relationship with the holy absolutely yeah and so we're trusting that so introducing this idea that it's it's it, it is the word of god that there is something that's uh, evocative and mm-hmm. that the, the psalm is speaking to us yeah, and the thing I love about scripture is that scripture speaks on multiple levels, right? That that it speaks on like a literary level. But I think one of the things that I've come to to know about scripture is that it speaks so much more deeply um, than that, especially if we just allow the words to wash over us, allow us to ask questions, allow us to get lost in the wandering um, of scripture. I think we'll find there's a lot more room there um, for us to walk around in. All right. So Rabbi, I'm, I'm being cognizant now of, 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 of speaking spiritual ease here. So I think that we got two things that we start in our, in our formation process. One of them is, it's just time, setting the time to say, you know what, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to like here for, with Father Marcus's example, I'm going to read. I'm going to read these Psalms. But in order to do that, you need to set some time aside. And I think as, as, as us, as, as clerics here, as two priests and a rabbi on this phone call, it's 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 like anything where you someone comes to you, Rabbi says, "I want to lose thirty pounds." You could say, "Great, I can buy you the gym membership," but you still need to go to the gym, right? So, h- how do we start to help folks, and even in our own lives, because we're 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 just as you know, I'll admit my prayer life sometimes goes in the toilet. Mm-hmm. How do you set that goal of saying, "I'm going to commit time every day to deepen this relationship with God," whether it's through reading the Psalms, whether it's through prayers? How, how, do you, how do you facilitate that? Let's start with you, uh, uh, Father Marcus. Yeah, so I, t- I tell people to get, I get really practical and invite people, you know, if you're starting a, a new practice, take five minutes and like literally set your phone timer or, or whatever timer you have and start small, right? Realize that that's going to be, a, if you're going to start a practice, you can't, you know, start running a marathon by, you know, right out the gate trying to run, you know, 20, 
23.1 miles, however long, 26.2 miles. Um, you can't do that. You have to start small. You have to start by walking and, and doing some intermittent running. And so if you really want to develop a deep prayer life, I think it matters that you start small. And so carving out five minutes a day, you know, whether that's five minutes before you're leaving for work or five minutes while you're in the car or five minutes, to, you know, carve out a, some period of time that you can say, this is time that I'm going to focus on connection uh, with God. Um, and then once you sort of get that practice down, then you can add to it in a way that feels healthy for you. You know, but don't don't start out too soon trying to go from like five minutes of prayer to, you know, three hours of, you know, centering contemplative prayer because, you know, you haven't developed the muscles yet to kind of allow that to be a, a life-giving practice. So there's, there's a trust that the little by, so five minutes here that it's going to feel good, right? This has been a new thing in my life, Father Marcus. I'm digging on this. And maybe it'll grow to seven minutes or 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and as you practice, as you practice, you, you, you get to try on new things and something you might try on may not work for you. And so you get to try that on, say you tried it and take it off and try on something new. And over time you develop, um, you develop your practice uh, that, that works for you in a way that feeds your spiritual life. All right, this is great. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, since we've kind of touched the surface of what it looks like to begin a spiritual practice, what, what has it been like during a pandemic um, for, for spiritual practice? And how has the pandemic maybe helped or maybe hurt in, in all of us in, in growing deeper? Where are the opportunities that this time, that this crazy time we're in in the world is helping us grow into a deeper relationship uh, with God, or maybe it's been tempting just to pull away completely. So uh, we're on the air with uh, Father Marcus Haley, Dean of Formation over Connecticut, and um, also Twitter man extraordinaire, Word Made Fresh. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll continue this conversation. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And I want to let you know that I have started a 
uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian, and you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode, and it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh, my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Of a priest and a rabbi, two days is two priests and one rabbi. But don't you worry, our rabbi can handle any any amount of priests that come in and come into this show. <laughs> rabbi, how are you holding up right now? Is it, is it a little bit too much? A little, little too little, little too many collars around you? No, no, not at all. You don't feel not like you're in a dog park. Well, when the parks start opening. <laughs> Uh, Rabbi, I want to thank you. So we're, we're, we're on the air with Father Marcus Haley and, you know, Rabbi Durbin always keeps us nice and grounded because the temptation sometimes, I think anytime for anyone who works within a temple or in a church or a mosque is that you slip into your religious talk. Um, and, and that's something that drives me nuts, but I'm, 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 I'm a victim of it too, as I learned today. So thank you, Rabbi, in the first half of the show of, of bring, bringing me back down to earth. Mm. Um, as we talk about this idea of, um, well, spiritual discipline or just growing more deeply into our relationship with God. And we brought on Father Marcus Haley from the, uh, from the Diocese of Connecticut. He's the Dean of Formation there. And we put this show into context now with our current situation uh, during COVID-19. And as we know that uh, Father Marcus's context is a bit different than here we have in Southeast Florida, where uh, they uh, were hit pretty hard. He's had a lot of loss in his own parish. Um, and where Rabbi Durbin and I are in the midst of pretty much a grand reopening. I was downtown Stewart the other day, and I went over to the Gafford, the restaurant, to do some pickup. And my gosh, I mean, no one has a mask on, six feet, forget it, maybe six inches. Uh, and it's just back, you know. And then I went over to Kilwins to grab some ice cream, same thing. I mean, no one's really following the six feet law. You know, there's, there's a line there, or the six feet rule. Uh, so it's it's sort of like if you're not comfortable with it, you probably just don't want to go out because no one else is the culture says otherwise. Um, so, but still, I think people are still wrestling, and there's still a lot on our hearts and our minds. Whether you think this is crazy and you just stay indoors in Southeast Florida, or you're um, think it's all a hoax, 
um, or you're out. Even even if you do, right? Even if you've spent all this time in isolation, it's that reacclimation process, which I, I I think people are underestimating how difficult and challenging it is going to be when things do open up. And remember, we're still only on on phase one. I mean, you know, from what I understand, you know, there's there's many more phases. Till we're phase full. two. We're phase two. Oh, we're in phase two now. Yeah, restaurants are up to fifty percent capacity, not twenty five. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> you went. Ugh. <laughs> you know, but but I think it is that it, it's that reacclimation process of you know how do I how do I invest myself back into community when I've been um, uh, you know so devoid of it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also balancing these different emotional contexts that everyone has of how they respond to these circumstances because there's just tension what we're learning within our own church is it how do you as church leaders how how do you balance folks in your congregation some who are going to be completely casual and comfortable some who are going to be no way this freaks me out how do you respect it so even just in our office staff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people who have very compromised immune systems, who have children. I have a baby at home. I don't want to mess around. I don't want to pull any punches here. Like, don't come near me, man. I got a baby at home, right? So how does the person who I work with respects that? And I also, um, without, without it getting weird or, or tense, right? So there's a lot we have to work through here. Um, so as people of faith, we got to be deepening our, our God roots more, 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 mm-hmm. more than ever now, because it's going to be easy for us to get off the handle or fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so father Haley for, for, for you, just this whole experience. Um, I'm sure you've seen everything and where people want to go even deeper with mm-hmm. God during this time. And, but let's start first with the people where you feel like, I feel like people have retreated and, mm-hmm. and why do you think that retreat has happened and what do you do about it? Yeah, so one of the things I've been really passionate about my entire ministry, um, and I've been ordained as the priest in the Episcopal Church for almost seven years, um, has really been about how we develop people as uh, disciples, right? So, so that people take uh, responsibility and take agency over their spiritual life. Um, and one of the things I, I've seen sort of in in the pandemic is the ways in which sometimes our churches, our religious institutions are deeply invested in people not taking responsibility for or agency over their spiritual life, right? Um, and, and so the ways in which we, we don't resource people, we don't teach people how to, how to do these things on their own. Um, and, and that kind of came to a head when all of a sudden we couldn't gather in the ways that we had become accustomed. You know, then there was, there was a lot of flailing about that kind of happened. Um, and and a lot of people who had you know become accustomed to gathering, you know, in in our church in a particular way around the Eucharist, uh, when we could no longer do that, you know, kind of walked away from it. Um, and and what I've learned uh, in my time is we pastor them, right? We we continue to reach out to them. Uh, we continue to let them know that their presence is missed among us. Uh, that, but that we pastor them, uh, that we walk alongside them as much as possible, continuing to invite them deeper, but realizing that ultimately it's, a, it's upon individuals to really take that next step of, of their faith uh, in God. Uh, so we walk alongside people and invite them deeper um, and hope that, um, that they will take that invitation. And then if they don't want the invitation, mm-hmm. 
Or can you give an example of maybe without, with, wait, while, pr while protecting the confidence of your own parish and your own ministry, <laughs> I guess, just maybe loosely speak about an example where you felt like you've seen just people pulling away from God during this time, whether it's just because out of just, have you seen, or have you witnessed, or maybe, maybe put, let me put it this way. Have you felt, because the temptation sometimes when we get in this, in this time of like, uh, during this type of isolation, I'll tell you my temptation is that, oh, I have some downtime. Uh, let me do a lot of other things. Or uh, I, I could pray right now, but I have an hour. So why don't I just catch up on Netflix? I haven't watched. I've been trying to catch up on the second season of, you know, the path forever. And so I want to watch that now on Hulu. Um, yeah. So, so, so just, just being at home and being domesticated and being around other things, there's a lot of, even though they may not have a lot to do, there's still things that will pull us away from God. Um, mm -hmm. Have you seen both? Have you seen people being like, oh, Father Haley, now, now is an opportunity for me to go deeper? Yeah. And then also Father Haley, uh, I've just, or they just call radio silence and you don't really hear from that much. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen both, right? So I've seen, I've seen folks who during this time are asking incredibly deep questions about faith, about the world. Um, and these are questions that I think you really only ask when you're facing adversity, when you're facing difficulty. Um, and so what I've, for those folks, I've been, you know, walking alongside them, resourcing them. We've gathered folks into online Bible studies, online book clubs, and our community gathers on Zoom every Sunday morning. And instead of me preaching, uh, I kind of give a little introduction to whatever the scripture is. And then we have a, a conversation about it. Anything and everything is on the table. And we talk about it as a community. Um, and so we, you know, the folks who want to go deeper, we provide that avenue for them. We resource the folks who want to go deeper. Um, and the folks who don't really want to, you know, it's, this is not a moral judgment about, they're not bad people. Um, we, we, we pastor them. We let them know they're still a part of our community. Um, and, you know, we always invite them to those opportunities for connection and spiritual growth. Uh, but we put our energy around the folks who really are, are asking those deep, those deep abiding questions about faith and spirituality. Um, and we walk alongside them so that they can go deeper um, in, the, in a way that's going to sustain their faith going forward. Um, and, I, and I've seen that both in our online uh, Bible studies, our online book club, um, and, and our, in our worship service, right, that we've, we're going way more deeper now online uh, than we were uh, before this happened sort of in our building. And why do you think that is? You know, I think there's something about uh, the internet or maybe being in front of a computer that's a little less intimidating. Um, so, you know, and it, so something somebody showed, some, something somebody pointed out to me was when you're on Zoom, everyone in theory like has the same real estate in on Zoom, right? You've got that, <laughs> got that same square. You know, whereas if you go to church, if so, if you, you know, on a normal non-COVID-19 Sunday, if you go to church of the Holy Spirit in West Haven, the person who occupies the most real estate in the room is me, uh, the priest, right? I've got the chasuble on. I'm, I'm in the primary seat, right? I'm behind the altar. Um, and so there's a way in which uh, Zoom kind of democratizes the community in a way that people can show up very differently. Um, well, you know, a, a prime example of this is, you know, instead of written prayers that people kind of recite, uh, we've opened up the floor so that people can offer whatever prayers they want. And I was astounded, I think, to, to, to listen to the depth of prayer that came from people who, if you see them like outside of Zoom in like a physical reality, they're very shy. But in, behind Zoom, they, they, they're willing to show up a little more. And so I think there's something there that we can mine going forward about how we 
democratize space so that people can show up more fully. What would that look like, do you think, uh, of when we get back into the space that can facilitate that, um, that allows that person who normally would be quiet mm-hmm. to feel more courageous and to, or more vulnerable to speak up? You know, that's, that's a really good question. And I think it, it's, it's a hard question um, because so, so this is me speaking from a, a Christian, uniquely Episcopalian standpoint. So many of our churches were built uh, to, were built around a specific understanding of how communities relate to one another. Um, and what we're seeing is kind of the breakdown of that um, and the desire among people to show up more fully. And so I think what that looks like as far as space is we think about how are we gathering? Is this gathering in this space supporting the community in the way the community wants to gather? Or do we need to do something different? Um, do, we might, do we need to try on new skills? I think one of the things that COVID-19 is showing is that at least within my community, is that there is the ability to try on new practices and new skills that people have that elasticity uh, built up within them to, to try on new things. And so if you had to pick three things, or let's just say one thing of, of you're like that, that really worked well. And I think that's going to change the way. I know we sort of just recently just, just talked about that in the last couple of minutes here, but is there anything else where you're like, that really worked well. And I think that will translate, or, or maybe it's just, we're just going to keep on doing that. We're going to keep this mm-hmm. digital life going because I think that's the platform. We'll do both because mm-hmm. it's clearly allowing people to open up more and be, to explore their spiritual life in a way they, they hadn't before. I mean, if you, if you thought about, maybe we don't go back fully, maybe it's, it's both and. Well, you know, someone asked me the other day, you know, when are we going to go back into our building? Like, we really miss our building. When are we going to go back into our building? And, you know, our bishops in Connecticut have been really good about releasing some guidelines to help us think through like all the implications of opening up buildings again. And, you know, right now there's all these things about who can, how many people can come into the building, the, the level of cleaning that is necessary, uh, masks, and I mean, all kinds of things. And what I told someone is, if us coming back together physically is just going to be a poorer or more impoverished version of what we're doing online, then until we can get that corrected, I think we need to stay online because there's something that is happening on the community online, I think that is really pointing us toward the kind of community we can be. Um, and one of the prime examples of that is, is the sermon, right? Instead of the sermon being me standing behind a pulpit that's, you know, 20 feet off the floor, um, it's me, you know, being among the community, facilitating a conversation, trusting that the spirit of God is present, not just in me, but is present in the wanderings of everybody in this community. And that it is my job as the priest to continue to facilitate that conversation, to facilitate the work of the spirit among us. Um, and and I'm, so I'm really interested in thinking about what that means for us going forward. We're trying on this new skill and it's, you know, people are really showing up in ways that I think are astounding. Why, why did you first originally move to that uh, switch in your online format where you got to the point of the sermon and you just said, you know what, I'm just going to open this up. Like where, where, what, what was that? Was that a hunch or you just felt it was, like it fit, fit the venue better? It was a hunch and it fit the venue better. I realized it was one Sunday that I was preaching, like trying to give a standard homily. And I like, I had this, this, a statement someone told me, um, 
Todd Bolsinger, who wrote a book called Canoeing the Mountains, mm-hmm. uh, led a group conversation. Uh, and Canoeing the Mountains is a book about uh, how we do church and religion very differently in this new context. Uh, but he, he led a conversation where he said, you know, if, if what you're doing online right now uh, is simply you putting a camera in front of what you would normally do on a Sunday, that's a technical fix, not an adaptive change. Uh, and what the church might be invited to in this moment is how do we adapt to this new reality to help bring the gospel into a new space? And so in my mind around, you know, I can easily just put a camera in front of me and allow people to listen to me drone on and on for 10 minutes about something, or I can try on this new thing. Um, I can, you know, try on what does it look like for this community to respond to this scripture and to trust the community enough and the spirit in the community uh, to show up that way. So it was a hunch that I think has paid off. So good. It makes me try to review everything we've done over the last 12 weeks, eight weeks, and if I've really been obedient to hearing what God is, the, the new creation that God has been up to, and if, mm-hmm. how much have we just been sort of regurgitating what we did in person and throwing it up online or allowing what's online to really be a new creation that really is adaptive, mm-hmm. like you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's great. That's something to chew on. Um, okay, so the, what, what sort of ways you mentioned before, because we were talking about spiritual health during the mm-hmm. time of COVID, for those who are curious and want more, who show up, you it sounds like you have three things that you that you that, that you offer technically. You got mm-hmm. you got a worship service, you got a Bible study, and you got a book study. Mm-hmm. So that gives some kind of structure. Um, mm-hmm. Are there other things that you offer to your congregants that saying so during the week? You know, take this time of isolation or sheltering to do this to do blank. Is it has there been encouragement for people to uh, has there been a challenge for to, to, to increase their prayer life or home mm-hmm. worship or something like that? Well, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so we, we, uh, we've we done a, um, a series at our church. So right, uh, right when we realized that we weren't going to be able to observe Holy Week services, so Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, in the way that we thought we were, uh, we helped people build altars in their homes as centers for devotion. Um and we had people sort of send us as a church, send those pictures to the church, and we spread those all around. And it was astounding to watch people build those holy spaces in their homes. Um, and now we're providing resources so that um, folks can observe um, a ritual on a Sunday evening, for example, that isn't Eucharist, um, but is kind of wink, wink, nod, nod towards Holy Communion. Um, so that people who miss that communion in that way are able to gather around food, food that we sometimes take for granted, to offer God thanks for that food um, and to offer God our longing to be together again um, and inviting people to try on that home liturgy, a liturgy they can do either by themselves or with their family or over Zoom with other people in their community. And we actually tried it on as a community last night uh, uh, for the Feast of the Ascension, which was yesterday. Um, and, you know, people really loved it. People love being able to connect and try on new practices in ways that help them explore and walk around their spiritual life a bit more. So Feast of Ascension, hot word right there, Christian hot word or phrase, mm-hmm. uh, when, when Jesus ascended into the heavens. So mm-hmm. that's, that's um, Rabbi, I know you knew that. You went to an Anglican school in Canada. You probably know some of this better than we do. 
Yeah, well, that's why I didn't say. Let's 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 discuss what it means. <laughs> You're more Anglican than we are in some ways. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, Rabbi. For 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 you, it's. I know that we've put out resources. So, Father Haley, we might have actually put out. We have a, a, a two e blasts that we put out. They're kind of like a newsletter, and one of them are these resources for all of our young families and things that they can create home worship. Mm-hmm. But you know what this reminds me of. What is what is really the the success rate of someone opening up that resource? Said, yeah, I'm going to go do that and do it on my own. And I think you have to almost try it on collectively. You have to yeah. say, we're all going to do this and send in your pictures. Because right. once we have done that and said, right. I think uh, Father Todd preached a, a sermon on just God's beauty in the midst of all this chaos. And I want you to go outside your doors and and just take a picture, or even inside your homes. What is so beautiful to you? And 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 send it into us. Oh my gosh, our email boxes were flooded. You know, right. like celebration of God's beauty even in the midst of all this messiness. But if you just uh, just say, here's these great resources. Try build an altar at home with your kids. Mm-hmm. You you have to enter into it with them and say we're all going to do this together. Right. And, and send your pictures. Um, so that's 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 beautiful. So um, what I, I, I have to I have to ask this question is what are some of the the best and maybe uh, most challenging questions that you have received from your parish during this last time about God? So I'll start with the word. Well, one of the most challenging. Um, which was, you know, right as, you know, we had, right as people were realizing people were dying um, from COVID-19, we had in our Bible study, we also happened to at the same time, this was not planned, uh, but at the same time, we were reading through the story of the Exodus where uh, God was sending all the plagues on Egypt. Um, And so the, the, the natural question that people really began wrestling with is the question of, did God send COVID-19. Um, and that was a hard and challenging question to really wrestle with, with people. Um, I mean, my clear understanding of of it is that God didn't send COVID-19, but I think deeper, the the deeper question is if God didn't send it, then why did God allow it? Right. And why did God allow all this suffering? Why did God allow all this pain? Which is a deeper question that people of faith have been wrestling with for millennia. Um, so that's been a, a challenging question, um, one of the best, though, uh, is the question that kind of comes up that I, I kind of bring up every Sunday, uh, which is what kind of community are we becoming? Um, you know, w- w- where is God taking us as a community? Um, and, and what practices and skills might we want to try on now to help us become that community that God is inviting us to be? And, and that question opens up so much possibility within people um, as we explore prayer and explore gardening and explore, you know, stewardship of space very differently, explore generosity and stewardship. Um, I think th- those questions are really deep and people love being asked um, to to share about where they think God is taking us and what things we need to do to get there. Instead of getting mired into a question that's so hard to even answer, you have mm-hmm. invited people um, and empowered them to say, uh, well, well, all I know is, well, where is God leading us right now, and and yeah. how and how and how how do we collectively answer that right now? Um, yeah. So that's that's that's, that's awesome. Uh, I wish we could continue on and on, and we're we're nearing the end of the show, and so you have so much good stuff to say and so much more to offer. And I know there's probably a lot of people who want to know where to find more of you. I know you're you're taking a bit of a fast um, mm-hmm. from from social media, but. Uh, 
are, so when people want to find you on social media, where is it? And then are there other places they can also find you? Yeah. So on, on Twitter, I, my Twitter name handle is uh, at word underscore made underscore fresh uh, on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, it's just my first name, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, middle initial G, last name Haley, H-A-L-L-E-Y. Um, and as, as, as I guess luck or providence would have it, I actually just released a book from Church Publishing um, called Proclaim, uh, which is really about how the ways that we gather say something to the world about what it means to be a person of faith. Um, and specifically, it's about the way Episcopalians gather. But um, the book is called Proclaim, and you can find it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. That is awesome. Father Marcus, thank you so much for uh, jumping on here. And God bless you and your parish and the ministry you're doing out there. Um, and congratulations on the book, man. I did not know that. So that that is that is awesome. Just awesome. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. So thank you for being on here, brother. And uh, hopefully, maybe at some point, we get you back on and we'll talk about the book. I'd love to do that. Thank you. Cool. All right, Father Marcus. So, Rabbi, how are you doing over there? You doing well? Doing well. All I right. Mean, my, I, I, I'm, I'm, today is the preparation day. Preparation. Prepare for Shabbat. Prepare for spiritual formation. Prepare your hearts out there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here on another episode. We'll see you next Friday here on WSQ or on the podcast, anywhere podcasts are offered. We love you. Peace.